When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. While that countdown starts, before we do one of these, I always take a big you know, deep breath to get myself in the mood ready to start. And this one, before we start this, was just a big sigh instead, just a big <sighs> resignation. I don't really want to do this at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday evening. If this wasn't my job, I wouldn't be here. So that's how thrilled I am to be talking about it. Um, poor that was tonight against West Ham I thought I've, for the Facebook post that we've done for this I've, I've kind of said pick your adjective to describe that because the ones I want to use I probably can't get through it a swear filter or whatever very disappointing I, I, don't, I don't know what again similar to the Burnley game for, for different reasons I, I don't know what's just happened there to Villa I, um, I love the way you inject passion and uh, enthusiasm into this I wouldn't be dip- I wouldn't be on it if you weren't paying me <laughs> you should do it for the love of it Daniel the love of Aston Villa through I mean I'm sure I'll get into it as we go along but it's just so demoralising because it's just it's annoying isn't it because yeah, oh, I don't know I'm in a bad mood my son's had to get to bed so I've been kicked out of my office which is his bedroom <laughs> it's boiling hot down here I've squeezed myself into a top that I bought when I was 16 Uh I'm now nearer to 16 stone in 16 years. And <laughs> got to talk about, uh, let's, let's perspective, got to talk about a rare off day for Villa because I think, I think it's one of those ones where West Ham came and did a job on us, to be honest. They were a better team. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a way of stopping Jack Grealish. Um, Jesse Lingard just had to be, didn't he? Had, had to be the big Jesse who conjured up a, uh, couple of special moments and played well throughout, you know, it's a credit to his fitness, I think, that he was able to come in mm. and play 90 minutes at the intensity that he did. Um, but West Ham were better than us. You know, as, as as great the strides that we've made this season, look at West Ham, look what West Ham have done. They, they've stepped up another level. Um, mm. So, whereas they came along and kind of brought their A game, did anybody perform well for us, to be honest? Um, mm. I thought Ollie Watkins was... Decent, his work rate was still there. He did well for his goal, but probably could have uh, nicked a couple of others as well. Just quickly on West Ham before we go through the Villa side, when we did our pre-season predictions, I and many others, I wasn't alone, thought West Ham would be right down there in a relegation scrap this year. Um, sorry for any West Ham fans that maybe have stumbled upon this podcast. I vastly underestimated how good they'd be this year. And to be fair, I think most people would be surprised at how well they're doing and continue to keep doing. But they are a good side now and... Jesse Lingard was a player that's been linked with Villa over a couple of transfer windows. And we've even spoken about him and I've said, mm, not massively keen, he's been out of it, man United. But you'll be surprised to see him go elsewhere and, and, and do do bits for somebody. And that's what he's done tonight. It's not, it's not a bad debut, is it? Two goals and not running the show, but he's involved in most things for them and won the game at the end of the day. He's there off Barkley, I suppose, isn't he? In the way that kind of they've taken advantage of him not getting in. One of the you know superpowers, I suppose. Uh, I was going to say he's their Barkley card, but I thought that'd be a bit confused <laughs> if I uh, if I said that. But yeah, I think this thing wasn't just Lingard. West Ham, West Ham played well as as a unit, and I just thought Villa. I don't know. I, I think we can't always excuse 
can't always use fatigue as an excuse mm. when Villa don't play well. Sometimes Villa won't play well. And I think, to me, it had a few of the hallmarks of last season when if Jack Grealish doesn't play well or he's shackled, as was the case tonight where he was shackled, who else is stepping up? You know, you yeah. need... And I thought we got over that this season. I thought we yeah, got enough alternatives. Um, and it didn't, you know, it, it didn't really... Like Jack Grealish didn't really have any joy until they tried to move him centrally. And even then, it was when he, he was down the right towards the end, wasn't it? You know, mm. it's so infrequently you see it popping up down there. But I think because West Ham had effectively played with two right two right backs all night, stopping down the left, he's finally had a little bit of joy down the right. And I thought we were going to get back into it. I thought when, when we oh, pulled that yeah. goal back from Watkins, which I thought was a great, great ball and a great finish. And, and then I think Grealish... Sets another one up for him across the six-yard box that that Craig Dawson, I think he was, gets a boot in. Uh, I thought we got the momentum, and the commentator said, didn't they, that Villa haven't got the halt end to kind of uh, suck the ball in. And I thought that was that was quite telling then, because you know I think the intensity would have come a bit sooner and a bit quicker if the halt end was there. But I don't know. It, it, it's frustrating having witnessed what we witnessed last week against Burnley with Villa. Being, I don't know, not necessarily complacent, but losing concentration, then almost kind of digging so deep to pull a pull a victory from the jaws of a draw or jaws of defeat on on Saturday at Southampton. Mm. It, it feels like kind of one step forward, one step back. Um, but again, this is an Aston Villa team halfway through its second season in the Premier League, evolving, learning. Um, and it just shows the Premier League. The Premier League, if you're not at your absolute best, there's lots of teams who can come along and, and take you apart, really. We've spoken a lot about that, you know, how good Jack Grealish is and how do you stop him and West Ham clearly found a way to stop him tonight and there's times where like you go where you mentioned going back to last season where he's dropping deep and he's having to do a little bit more kind of dirty work for, for want of a better word, that he's not able to un- unlock the game as he as he usually will because he's having to find different channels to try and get into. I'm not going to kind of focus on Grealish too much because it's certainly not the problem. And I'm not using this as an opportunity to dig, to dig anyone out as a problem, really. I think probably two players that spring to mind straight away, possibly three, but that's maybe harsh, is Barkley, El Ghazi and, and McGinn as the third one of not being anywhere near it tonight. Barkley, I don't know what's quite whether he's not quite fit, potentially. He just seems a little bit sloppy. El Ghazi gets pulled off at half-time, absolutely ineffective in the first half. And you think, well, because Grealish is so kind of torn up on the left-hand side and, and having no joy, the unpredictability of Bertrand Traore on the right-hand side would have made sense as an option at the total up at the end of the pitch that we're having no trouble down the left, ping it to the right instead. And you've got El Ghazi over there, dillying around, not really doing anything with it. McGinn, again, hasn't looked, hasn't looked his usual self. Douglas Ruiz also wasn't brilliant. Just the midfield as a whole, to be fair, I've named all three of them there. I've run so the midfield as a whole just weren't really great. And West Ham were, were kind of not dominating the midfield, but, but controlled the game well. And that's what's lost us the game, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a danger of us being a little bit wise after the event because I wasn't too disappointed when Al Ghazi was in the starting lineup. You know, I think he's justified his place in when he's played in recent weeks. And he didn't, he didn't turn up, but he, he wasn't alone. Um, yeah, you know, fair. we talk about fatigue. So Smith made one change and tried to freshen it up a bit. It hasn't quite worked, but I don't know. I think I think Barkley's Barkley's an interesting one. It'd be interesting to see what Lingard does 
if it, when he has to start playing two or three games a week, having having had next to no football, because we've got to remember that Ross Barkley has not played much at all um, mm. recently. So to ask him to go and go again, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, got the option now, haven't we? I know um, your man Morgan came on for the last 10 minutes, didn't really have a chance to, to influence too much, but but Smith now has got another midfield option that he can yeah. trust to shake things up a little bit. And I, I think he probably will. I think I think Sanson or whatever it's pronounced will, will get, get his full debut against Arsenal on Saturday, I'm sure. There's a lot of people in the comments section who are watching live at the moment on Facebook and YouTube saying that Barkley's not up to standard. And he, he's not good enough. Is that is that fair? Because at one stage, we're all raving about him going, yeah, give Chelsea what they want. Give him 30, 40, 50 million. He, he's a great player. Stick him in the team, build a team around him. A few bad games and a, a few dodgy appearances and you go, oh, it's, not, it's not great. Is that because we know we've got Morgan Sanson on the bench now and he can just come in and replace Barker and give us something yeah, different? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you can write off a kind of an international midfielder in Barclay from a Champions League club within a couple of performances when we were raving about him. You know, and, and, and worried when he was injured. You know, of course he's good enough. Of course he's got the quality. That's why he's commanded the kind of fee that he did when when Chelsea signed him. Um, you know, it was a bit sloppy. I thought today. I thought some of his passes were going going astray, and whether that's tiredness or whether that's just a flat a flat performance, I don't know. I don't doubt that he's good enough. He's definitely good enough. Whether he's kind of fit enough to to play this, this kind of you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday or whatever it is um, schedule, I'm not sure. But like I said, Smith's now got more options so that might not have to be the case. There's a few Ross Barker comments here. Steve Vaughan says Barker's too lightweight. Uh, Ash says Barker doesn't work hard enough. James says he hasn't made a tackle yet. Um, Sam Platt says needs time. He hasn't played so many games in, in years. Um, and then somebody else said, uh, where is it? Marco says, Barker just hasn't got the speed of some of the others and looks a bit chunky. I mean, I wish I looked as chunky as, as Ralph Barker, to be fair. I think that's funny when people criticise footballers for looking overweight. It's like normal human beings like us. Like we can sit there and go, oh, Barker's overweight. Oh, he's not that, is it? Um, I don't know, maybe COVID maybe is, a, is still an issue affecting, affecting Villa that we've still got a bit of hangover from that. But then, oh, I don't Potentially, know. Or... or- is it just the kind of the law of the Premier League that you'll lose games occasionally? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the reigning champions from last season hadn't, hadn't been lost at home for however many games, seasons. Mm-hmm. They've lost two in a row at home now. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a strange, it's a funny old game, and it's a strange old, strange old Premier League season. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got the commentator saying, oh, West Ham an outside chance for the top four, thinking in what, what world are we living? But, why shouldn't they be? Oh, yeah. You know, they're up there, aren't they? And again, I think they might have, have similar issues to what we've talked about in terms of strength and depth, but who cares anyway? <laughs> this is, this, this, yeah. this, if you're joining this, this is Claret and Blue Aston Villa, <laughs> not, not Claret and Blue West Ham. Um, there's a comment here. I know you've raved a lot about Ollie Watkins, and I, I agree with you, and I disagree with this comment, but I want to share um, Darren's perspective anyway and get, get some feedback from other fans. He says that Watkins' hold-up play is iffy. He loses the ball way too much in dangerous areas. I think his hold-up play is what brings a lot of the Villa attacks together, to be honest. Yeah. If you mean by dangerous areas when he lost the ball, for I think it was for West Ham's second goal. Was it the second goal or the first goal on the edge of no, the West Ham box? I think Matt Target had done um, had managed to get himself out of trouble and keep the ball. And, and a loose touch from, from Watkins set... Um, 
set West Ham on the, on a counter, which led led to the goal. But to me, that's the exception rather than the rule. Rather than the rule, you know, I think generally the ball tends to tends to stick with him. Um, mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to dig out dig out individual players tonight because I just think that across the board there just wasn't you know there were too many kind of fives and sixes and to win Premier League games you need you need more sevens eights and nines mm-hmm. um so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't start saying Watkins isn't good enough Barkley isn't good enough so on and so forth because this team has proved over the course of the last 20 games mm-hmm. um that they are good enough and they're representing representing Villa with distinction considering where we've come from in the last couple of years. Yeah, just quickly on Barkley, a comment from Ian White says, Barkley got a winner. They got the winner a few days ago. People questioning being a luxury player. We've all got short memories. This is something we've talked about with, with Tara Mings recently, isn't it? That people digging out his performances and then I mean, we lost the game in the end anyway, but he, he saved a certain goal with a, an acrobatic clearance and everyone's going, oh, Mings, what, what a brilliant defender. Um, likewise, Emmy Martinez tonight, people going, on. Oh, should have done better with the, the, those that goal or two goals even, but he's been unbelievable all year as well. So this is the the proof of the pudding that players make mistakes sometimes, and that doesn't make them bad players. Ross Park is just having a little bit of a bad time at the moment, I would say, and it's as that's as far as it goes. The, the teams had a bad day at the office, and when like we said before, when Villa are a poor, that's the blip. Not that when Villa are good, is the blip. So. I still fancy us against Arsenal, to be honest. And if you do bounce back there, it shows a bit of resilience, like we did with Burnley and the Southampton. If you lose to Arsenal, I'd be, uh, be questioning it a little bit. If people are talking about a lack of plan B, we'll, we'll come to that in a sec. What do you think of those Martinez? Um, yeah, I thought... Could he, could he have done better? I thought he should have done better with the, the first Lingard goal, even before the, the second one kind of yeah, seemed to get past a, a weak wrist. But... What is it? Ten clean sheets, is it, or nine clean sheets? I can't remember the stat. Um, again, what? What? I think. I think Villa players will be hurting from that because they'll think we've set our standards now. We're better than that. Mm. You know, we we need to be better than that. So I agree. I'm not saying we'll go and roll Arsenal over, but I think we'll be be more competitive. Um, I think we'll I think we'll bounce back like like we have done from the, from the setbacks. I mean, I suppose it's a worrying. It's a slightly worrying sign that goals are going in in threes. Um, yeah, you know, I thought um, I thought for the first goal. I'm just trying to remember the order of the goals. I th- thought for the first goal. I think Mings goes in, doesn't need to close him down, and then Target is caught a little bit. Yeah. Kind of. I thought the first goal was a good good move. I thought for my time. Yeah, yeah I, I thought Target was caught not not concentrating, and then the second goal. You know, Lingard's first goal is is. You know, brilliantly executed again, isn't it? Um, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Mings had really hurt himself when he uh, yes, I mean, it didn't tried sound to right. clear that one from from Antonio. You know, I thought it was um, thought it was brave. But did he, did he drag his knee against the base of the goal or something? Yeah, I thought he twisted his knee in the, in the net into the game. Rolled his leg into the into the net. Anyway, I think he described it. Because I heard a big cry of agony, but I didn't know whether that yeah. was a sound effect or whether that was uh, <laughs> that was genuine. But um, no, listen, it's it's. It was it was flat all round, and mm-hmm. it's more disappointing because we know we know we're better than that. What do you think about the the, the fans saying that Smith hasn't got a, a, a plan B? Um, part of me feels like it's a fair criticism, and part of me feels like well, there isn't there aren't the options to have a plan B. But then maybe I mean we should have signed a striker in January. <laughs> I don't know what 
So what your definition you, of a plan B is? Yeah, I suppose the plan B is when when somebody does a does a job on Grealish, how do you yeah. bring how do you bring Grealish into the game still even more, um, or how do you get get those around him to step up? And I suppose that's not really been tested. The theory's not been tested that much because nobody has managed to uh, to contain Grealish like that. So that's the conundrum for Smith going forward because people would have watched that and thought, okay, you know, they were almost like bloody. Um, who was it? Soufal and Fredericks, was it, who doubled up on him? Yeah. They were like conjoined twins at times. They were so doubling up so close to him all the time um, that even even he, with his normal brilliance, couldn't couldn't find himself the space to operate. But so yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Smith probably does need to, to work more on a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. Um, but you know that's 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 what the truck's got. I've, I've tailed off. There. I was going to say that's what the training ground's for, but that's a very <laughs> lame, lame finish to a lame sentence. I'm afraid. Just talking about the training ground quickly. There was a, um, a corner from Grealish, and you could hear and on the on the microphone being picked up that he described it as blue, blue corner. You know, and they put the hands for different signals to mean different things. He was shouting blue, blue, and then put in a terrible corner. And I was just thinking, oh, just scrap the blue plan. Whatever the blue plan is for a corner, whatever that was, yeah. just, just get rid of it, Jack. Yeah, the um, ones that don't, the ones that don't beat the first man are brown. Do a load of crap. <laughs> it's just a, it's a weird, weird night. I think tonight because I was, I've been watching on my laptop, kind of half expecting that at one point Villa would just click and go, oh yeah, well, that's the Villa I recognise. I thought the first half was pretty, pretty evenly con- contested. Really, we probably had a better chance. You think? Way Watkins has, has scraped the edge of the post, had a decent yeah. header. Um, that made chances as well. But I think nil nil at half time or, or draw for, uh, at half time if it was one all or whatever, that would have been absolutely fine. And Villa would kind of just click into gear at some point and go, oh, that's the Villa we used to. But that just never seemed to happen. I've just found myself getting more frustrated and more agitated that things weren't going right. There was a ball from either Barkley or, or McGee, I can't remember that. Great ball over to Grealish on the left hand side. He's cutting into into the box. He normally bring it down, ping it top right corner. Yeah. And he just miscontrolled it. It's like it's just one of those nights where things just aren't really quite working out for us. Who'd you blame for that? Because my my lad reckon Barkley zipped it in too fast to him, and I said, "Well, it's Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish would normally kind of cushion yeah. that like a carrying a gold ring on a, on a velvet velvet cushion." So, um, I think, yeah, I think- he, what, that. That was a sign, though, wasn't it? It was a sign that things yeah. weren't quite flowing and weren't quite functioning. But I, I think you can tell. I think you can tell the game that Grealish is frustrated as well. Like him being doubled up on it is obviously going to be annoying to him. Us being obviously behind in games will, will annoy him as well, and that makes him try harder. And because he's trying harder, that will make him make mistakes as well. And it's just this kind of vicious cycle of him trying harder and being poorer for it, rather than kind of just letting him be natural and play his game and, and do his own thing. Um, yeah, what about Arsenal then? Is, is there a way to change it now? I assume Al Ghazi doesn't come back into the fray. I think he's done for now, um, for, for the immediate future anyway. We saw Trezeguet come back and make a comeback as well. Um, for me, it'd be, it'd be Troy starting on the right and, and possibly Sam in the middle for, for Barkley, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think he'll change it much more than that. Um, he doesn't like to and he trusts, trusts that core of 13, 14 players. So mm. I agree, possi- possibly those changes. Um isn't that yeah, th- Not really, but well, we don't need to write off that, that first 11 tonight, to be honest. That's no, true. There's some, some great players in there. Um, did you, um, just really randomly, I was just looking through our photo systems. Is that picture of those two mannequins? 
<laughs> standing yeah. in a, standing in one of the director's boxes. Yeah, I can't put it up on screen because we're live, but yeah, I saw it. I don't know why. Are they dressed in villa shirts? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what it was. It was, um, yeah, it just, it just amused me. Well, one of them, they both looked like me, to be honest. Bored <laughs> as the day they were born. Um, now, a couple of things I wanted to mention, because I want to know we wanted to keep it tight tonight, was uh, we're not moaning about VAR and decisions tonight, so I just wanted to kind of reference. Have you seen what um, a lad called Gaz Oakley has done on Twitter? To respond yes. to uh, is this guy? Um, I'll try and know, find it. You talk. Villa fans know, don't they? That, that rival fans are always in our messages and in our timeline, saying Hawkeye, you're only in the only in the Premier League because of Hawkeye, because of um, Orjan Nyland carrying the ball. Did he carry it over the line? I think it was just over the line, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, um, I think so. I can't, I can't remember. Against Sheffield United on the restart game last Is there any replays of it? Has anyone ever seen a replay of that? Did it actually go over the line? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it just about crossed. Anyway, these lads uh, had it printed off on a canvas and stuck it, stuck it on his wall. So There it is. For those watching live, his original tweet was the screenshot from the game. Um, so I might get this photo frame so I can see it all the time, not just on Twitter, which is a great tweet to begin with anyway. And then he's replied nine hours later to his own tweet saying, I bet you thought I was joking with the frame of, um, of Nealon's error against Sheffield United. I mean, where, where would you even put that? I can maybe get one on the wall behind here. I'll do the same. I love that. I hope he's taken down kind of a picture of his wedding day or one of his kids <laughs> yeah, or something kids. like that. Or a family picture just to, to make room for it. Uh, and the other thing, did you um, also see the letter that Dean Smith sent to the, um, sent to the widow of um, the Villa fan? No, I haven't seen it. Just a really, really lovely heart, heart, heart letter. This, 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 this bloke who's, who's passed away is um, a mate of McDowell. Everybody knows Super McDowell, the um, tour guide extraordinaire at Villa. Mm. And Mick had mentioned mentioned to Dean Smith that that um, this guy, this Trinity Road CT holder, had passed away. And Dean Smith just sent, just kind of written the the most kind of beautiful, lovely, kind of classy letter. Um, to this fella's wife and it's just I don't know listen it's without being too sentimental about it it just shows that it's more more than a football club yeah um, and you know it's it's Villa's tradition over the years to do things in a classy way and it's good good to see that the, the gaffer's upholding that with this, this really lovely letter so people will be able to find that on um, on social media anyway because the, the the bloke's son has shared shared this letter Uh so yeah, just a couple of things there that kind of um, the first one amused me, the second one warmed my heart, and mm-hmm. um, just to stop us talking about a, a, a horrible defeat to West Ham, really. Yeah, that's a bit of perspective, isn't it? That football isn't as really as important as it is in our little world. This is the podcast that we do. It's, it obviously feels important, but then when you take a step back, it's uh, it's not the end of the world, is it? Us losing to West Ham, we, we go again with another game to, to quote Paul Lambert. Um, I think that's probably enough for, for tonight. We said we wanted to keep it pretty tight because it's, it's a light one. And like we said, the games are coming thick and fast. We've posted, I think, two podcasts in the last two days anyway. So you're probably sick of hearing and seeing from us anyway. Um, we'll, but we'll be back again on Saturday after the uh, after the Arsenal game. Is that a nighttime kickoff as well? It's just an afternoon kick. It's half 12 now, isn't it, I think. Oh, is it? Oh, is it? Okay, I thought I'd seen eight o'clock somewhere. Oh, I prefer I'm my I've changed it now. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, well, well, we'll be back Saturday afternoon then to talk about that. We'll try and get James or Sean as well if he's around. Um, and hopefully we're talking about three points of Villa because obviously as much as we say football isn't important, if we're doing a football podcast, it is important that Villa win games because it makes us all... Is it important? Is it not important? Come on, it, is important. it is important. It is important. It's so flaky. 
but probably not as important as I thought it was half an hour ago when we started this and I was fuming and I didn't want to do it. Um, yeah, it's important so, when we win, it's less important when we don't really want to be talking about it. Anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Um, thanks for everyone getting involved live watching this on Facebook or YouTube. Um, sorry we've not been able to address all the comments, but there's loads coming through, loads of people watching. If you're not watching this live on maybe Wednesday evening or Thursday morning, then get involved in iTunes review sections, comments, all those kind of things. Tweet us at Claret Blue Pod. Get involved in the conversation. And like we said, we'll be back again on Saturday. And um, thanks, Matt, for uh, for joining me as well. Um, you can take off that skin tight shirt now. Not now. <laughs> not now. But like after. after Is we that the grand there. finale? Whiz <laughs> it around my head. What <laughs> a way to sign off. Um, I'll spare the end. I'll spare the viewers my moods, mate. And caught uh, it good. All right. Nice one. Thank you very much. And we'll Lovely. see you again. Take care, all. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.